warm greetings to our Nightlight listeners all around the world. And I'm very happy to be back with you to present another show with Bible teacher Melvin. Now, this is a topic I requested him to prepare a class on, to strengthen our faith to pray for the healing of others. Of course, there are always people who need healing miracles, but this will surely increase as we journey on through the ever-darkening days of the end times. Melvin is speaking to us from his home in San Antonio, Texas. Welcome back, Melvin. The show is yours. We have a guest tonight on Nightlight. Yeah, so Simon, in the, in the last class that I recorded on healing, it was mostly about how to receive uh, our own healing that is already deposited in us. And Melvin, it was so timely that you shared that class at the beginning of 2020, just before the whole COVID mess started. And I don't know if people realize just how important that class was. It could even have been a lifesaver for people to have faith for God to heal them and not be overwhelmed by the fear and the medical nightmare that has swept the world since. That class, Melvin, certainly strengthened my faith for healing. And listeners, if you missed it, I'm going to repost that show on the SoundCloud playlist right under this one. Okay, Melvin, back to you. Please go ahead. I think uh, the misunderstanding that... uh the Christian world, the majority of Christians have is that when we get sick, uh, we pray and then God is going to heal us. Now, that is what messed up a lot of times, uh, you know, Christians, especially me, you know, being a missionary and all of that. I always thought it, I was, you know, under the mercy of God for healing. That God is going to have mercy on one person, maybe not on that person, depends on which level or what state of sin you are committing. See, that's all not in the New Testament. The New Testament, the healing is already made available in the sense that it is declared. Yes. If you're in the kingdom of God, then the healing is already provided. It's just that we are learning how to receive it. Right. You know, when I get sick, I don't, I don't ever pray anymore to ask God to heal me. I just thank God for the healing through Jesus that's already provided for me. And I just learn how to receive it by taking the authority or allowing the Holy Spirit that is in me to bring forth that healing. Right. Now, if let's go to Romans chapter 8 and verse uh, 11. You want to read that, Simon? Yes, uh, it says, Romans 8, 11, But if the Spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his Spirit that dwelleth in you. Yeah, so if we have received the Spirit of Jesus, I mean the Holy Spirit that's inside of us, and... We are the temple of the Holy Ghost. Our bodies are bought with a price. So God had made the provision for us through Jesus Christ. So it's already done 2,000 years ago. Just like salvation is available to anyone because of what Jesus did on the cross for us. Uh, Same thing with our bodies. God was not going to have his children walking under the dominion of Satan through sickness and disease and being tormented and oppressed constantly uh, by the devil in this world. So the Spirit of God that raised Jesus from the dead, if it dwells in us. Now, does the Spirit of God dwell in us? Yes. 
Yes, right? Everyone who received Jesus Christ, we have received the Holy Spirit and that's how we are born again. So that the Spirit of God that is in us will release the healing into a body when we believe. Everything, our salvation is based on belief. If every man in the world can access that salvation that Jesus has provided. But it has to be through faith. They have to believe in what Jesus did. But the thing with uh, Christians is they don't believe that healing was part of the atonement. And so they think that, you know, they have all these different uh, doctrines about why you're sick. And we covered that in the last class. Right. So I'm not going to go into it. But we have this power, Simon, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. I mean, this is amazing. You know, this is a power greater than the power God used to create the earth. Wow. And the planets. Because this power, Satan knew that if Jesus rose from the dead, that was it, right? Once he went into hell, you know, Satan took you know, Jesus down to hell and God raised him. That's the power that God used. He's saying the same spirit that God used to raise Jesus from the dead dwells in us. Wow. Dwells means is living right now. Not sometime in the future. People say, oh, that's talking about in the future. When No, when we go to heaven, that's not the mortal body. We have it right now and we need healing right now. And so we already have it. But it is just by faith because if you don't mix faith with promise of God's promise, then it doesn't work. A promise of God stays a promise and it won't manifest unless we mix it with faith. While I'm talking on that, let's go to Hebrews <laughs> uh, chapter 4. And verse 2. Simon, you want to read that? You're with Nightlight. It says, For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them, but the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. Yes. Right there, of course, he's talking about the Jews when they came out of Egypt and God gave them the promise of the promised land. But it says it did not profit them because... The promise was not mixed with faith in them that heard it, right? Right. So every promise in the New Testament or in the Old Testament is for us. The Bible says, if you are in Christ, the promises of Abraham is upon us. We have it. Every promise in the Bible, uh, we, it's ours. Amen. But it has to be mixed with faith. So what happens is, if we listen to a lot of teaching or doctrines of man where they say, oh, you know, God doesn't heal today. It was for the disciples and uh, he's not healing you because you sinned or you didn't pray enough or you didn't fast enough, uh, you didn't give enough, you didn't tithe. See, all of those things kills the faith. But if you take a promise of God and if you mix it with faith, basically uh, mixing with faith means that you believe it for yourself. This is for me. Yes. So that is how the manifestation happens in the New Testament. It's not that you need to have this uh, humongous faith. Jesus said, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you can speak to the mountain. That mustard seed faith can move a real mountain. And of course, you know, any mountain in our life. So it's not like God is not saying you need to have this tremendous big faith. Right. So people think that I don't have this big faith. No, you have it because you have the, the faith of Jesus Christ living inside of us. And it has to manifest as a fruit through the word of God. Yes. So we have this power in us. It's not that God is going to give us the power in the future or sometime later. No, we have this power in us. So we, we got to mix the faith 
And the Bible says all promises in him, that means if you are in Christ, all the promises in him in the New Testament is an yes and an amen, not to the world, but for us. If we are in Christ Jesus, all the promises are an yes and amen. That means God has already declared it to be an yes to us. Of course, I taught on this in a few classes before, so I'm not going to get into that. But we got to start with the foundation knowledge, Simon, that we already have this power. It's not a power that's going to come to us because we are living holy or whatever. It's a power deposited into us when we became a child of God. Now, let's look at Matthew chapter 22 and verse 29. It says, Jesus answered and said unto them, Ye do err, not knowing the scriptures, nor the power of God. Right? I mean, this is a classic thing that's fulfilled today. If you, if you talk to any Christian about the power of God, they have no idea. Uh, they don't work on they, They're not expecting the power of God to work in their life. They're not meditating on it, on those scriptures. So sad. And Jesus said, you err, right? You are in error if you don't know the scriptures and also the power of God. Of course, this power of God that Jesus gave the disciples was a delegated power at that time because Jesus had not yet died and risen for that power to become a reality in every Christian's life. That's right. So I don't pray for God to give me power. I already have the power and I just ask the Lord to help me learn how to walk in it. But this is not taught, Simon. If you take the majority of churches in the world, more than 90% or even more than that, they never teach on the power of God. Oh, they say, okay, the power of God is love. Of course, God is love. But the Bible is very specific about the areas of the power we can walk in. It's not something that's hidden. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 1. Let's go to verse 18. It says, The eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that ye may know what is the hope of his calling, and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. And 19. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe according to the working of his mighty power. And 20. Which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. Yeah, so here it's not talking about the power that Jesus had, but it's talking about when Jesus was risen from the grave, God wrought or brought forth this power, and this power is for us. And the exceeding greatness of his power to us word, not toward Jesus, it's to us word who believe. Right. Not just the disciples. Not just the disciples, to every believer. Yes. He wrote this. But in verse 18, it says, if the, if the eyes of your understanding is not enlightened, you will not know what the hope of his calling is. But Paul is praying that the eyes of understanding will be open to what? The riches of his glory of his inheritance. We inherited this power and a whole bunch of things. In the class that I taught on inheritance a long time ago, I covered that. And it says, what is the exceeding greatness? Exceeding greatness of his power to us word. It's already done 2,000 years ago. 
when Jesus rose. If Jesus did not rise from the dead, we wouldn't have this power. This is wholesale, what do you call that, for everyone, Simon. In the Old Testament, God chose people like Samson, you know, Moses, Elijah, Jeremiah. He chose people uh, to have power in order to help the, the people. People didn't have the power. And even that power was for a time being. It wasn't constantly all the time. But in the New Testament, God made this power available to every child of God. Yes. Paul is saying if your eyes is not enlightened, that means if you don't believe it and you don't mix that, that promise with faith, then the, the power stays dormant or power is not actually working. Right. Even though we have the power, it's not working. And so we have this, and especially in the end time, Simon, we need to get our eyes enlightened to the fact that we are not just normal people, human beings walking on the earth. We have this power. We have the Holy Spirit. We are anointed. Amen. We are not asking God to anoint us for this and that and this. No, we are already anointed because the anointing is the Holy Spirit. We, we have the anointing to do whatever God requires us to do. It's not the anointing coming from somewhere else. It's already in us. We are anointed. Praise God. The Bible says we have an unction from the Holy Ghost and we know all things. The word unction means an anointing. Mm -hmm. The Christians are blinded to that because they feel like, oh, if I get saved, then all I have to do is to live a good life, ask God to help me with my life and my children and my job and my finances, and then one day I go to heaven. That's right. No, the battle is here, Simon. The battle is now. When we go to heaven, there is no demons to fight, right? Thank God. <laughs> we don't need that kind of power to fight demons. They're all locked. You know, Satan is locked up. Everybody else is sent to you know the lake of fire. All the demons and you know everyone that cooperated with him. The power God gave us is right now. And this is the end time. It's not just for ourselves. We're going to be put in places where other people are going to benefit from our power. Yes. Right? That is inside of us. Like say somebody took a vaccine and, you know, they're having symptoms. They, they're going to die. The power that's within us can overcome. It doesn't matter whether it is a vaccine sickness or caused by a real virus. We have the power over all the power of the enemy. Amen. But see, we got to mix that with faith. The word faith also means we start to step out and start walking in it. Yes. I mean, for me, when I feel, when someone tells me I'm sick, I just want to pray for that person. That is my goal. It's like every opportunity I get, I want to lay hands on somebody or I want to pray for people. It's not that I'm seeing a lot of results, uh, 100%, but I'm seeing more results than I ever saw before. But see, if I don't step out, means I'm not in faith. That means I, I don't believe it. I just try to make excuses. That's what Christians do. They try to make excuses why it's not working or why it, it won't work. But this power is ours. I feel all right when I'm listening to Nightlight. Nightlight. You're tuned in to Nightlight. Now look at 2 Timothy chapter 1, 7. 2 Timothy 1, 7. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Okay, so here we know that the spirit that God gave us is not talking about the Holy Spirit. If you look at it, the S is small. 
it's a lower case, right? It's not the Holy Spirit. It's talking about your spirit that was recreated. Right. So God has not given us a spirit of fear. Of course, the Holy Spirit doesn't have any fear. So it's not given us a spirit. Our own spirit that are recreated in the image of God has no fear. But power. See, we always talk about love and a sound mind. But we neglect the first part of it. When you were recreated, when your spirit was recreated, Simon, you have been given the power. That power dwells inside of you. It's not going to come out if you don't believe you have the power. If you keep thinking that, oh, I don't have it. Paul had it and Peter had it. But I see, when you think that way, that's how the devil wants us to think. When you think something that God has given us, you don't have it. Now we are in unbelief or doubting. So the minute you start taking the scripture and say, no, this is about me. My spirit is recreated in the image of God. And my spirit has no fear but power and love and a sound mind. So that sound mind is also manifesting in our soul or in the physical realm. So we have this power, Simon, and it is within us. Yes. God is not going to give us any more power. Power of Jesus Christ is already in us. But how you use it, how you walk in it, depends on individuals and how much of the faith they're mixing with the promise. Right. When Caleb, you know, was one of the spies who came out, he mixed his faith with the promise of God. He said, no, let's go right now and God has already given us the land. We can take it. But of course, you know, he can't go in, you know, just Joshua and him couldn't just go in. So he had to go into the wilderness along with the others. But later on, they were the only two people that was allowed to go into the promised land from the older generation, right? Right. The other day I was teaching a class on the reality of the kingdom of God versus the reality of human existence or the human life. And the beauty of it is like, say, if you have, you know, water is actually a mixture of two gases, right? Hydrogen and oxygen. Now, you look at it, both of these gases are not seen, you know, by a naked eye, right? We can't see it. They're unseen. Yes. But when you mix it together in that ratio, you have something that is tangible to the physical senses, to all your senses, actually. See, that's what the Bible is talking about, something that are not seen. That's right. When you mix it, it becomes part of the physical realm. So I believe with all of my heart, I have this power. I just need to learn through meditation, through learning to meditate on the Word of God, to be persuaded this is for me. And when that happens, Simon, this power of God will start flowing through us. Now, let's look at Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 3. It says, Who, being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person, and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. Jesus was the express image, right? When he was on the earth, he was the express image. He was the, that means the perfect representation of God. He was the express image. Now, when Jesus died and he rose again, we were predestined to be in that. Look at uh, Romans chapter 8, verse 29. Romans 8, 29 says, For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate, to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Yeah, so Jesus was the express image. And then the Bible says, we were preordained, we were predestined from the foundation of the world 
to be right conformed to his image now a lot of times christians say oh that means kindness and uh, or loving people yes all of that but if you look at the life of jesus it was in power there was a battle going on it's still going on today between the two kingdoms the power of darkness and the power of the kingdom of god or the power of light now jesus came and he was an express image he represented the kingdom of god perfectly and what did he do it says he went about doing good healing everyone that were oppressed by the devil so he he showed us what it is to walk in power is is not just you know to glorify ourselves or to show off that we have this power no the power of god is given to us to bring the kingdom of god to this earth and so that is the except we are predestined to walk in this power look at first john chapter 4 and verse 17 herein is our love made perfect that we may have boldness in the day of judgment because as he is so are we in this world so the bible is so clear that we we need to be walking on this earth as jesus walked it's the same image it's the same power it's the same spirit it's the same inheritance we are joined as with christ and it's all for now simon right now for today this is for us but unlike in the old testament everything was natural like you were saying before we started the class right yes how samson was uh, the power of god was on samson and it was a physical manifestation of his power but from the time jesus walked on the earth it wasn't so much the physical but it was directly going to a higher level and attacking or destroying the works of the devil and that's what jesus did and that's what we do right we are we are not going to walk around killing people and stuff like that but we have the power over all the power of the enemy whether it manifest right uh, through people or if it's demonic we have the power over it so healing or praying for people or laying hands on people to get them to heal it's the same power that works through us and so unlike samson or unlike moses we have the power to heal to cast out demon to raise the dead to speak to mountains to speak to trees just like jesus did yes but see our carnal mind and our, our old teachings or something that we have learned from other people uh, clashes with this thing because we are, you know we are always told we don't have that power and god is going to choose whom to give whom not to give no in the new testament every child of god has the same power praise god peter walked in it paul walked in it philip wasn't even a disciple he was a deacon right he walked in it and we are the generation that you know i believe with all of my heart that the ends of the world are come upon how much more would god would prefer for us to walk in this power because the devil is filling the whole world with darkness the whole world lies in darkness that's what the bible says right and we are the light not the little light right we are the light the same light as jesus christ and we are put in this world to represent jesus christ right and his power on the earth now again people you know people who don't believe this they always come up with excuse that you know i don't want to be lifted up and uh, god is going to abase me if i get no this is god's will this is god's will for us to walk yes we need to get people saved get them saved train them to also to walk in the power not just getting them ready for heaven 
which is the most important thing, like you were saying, to get this, you know, spirits recreated uh, as to become children of God, but then also to teach them to walk in this. Inspiring you to dig deeper into God's Word. You're listening to Nightlight. Mark 16, and we're going to read from verse 17. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils, they shall speak with new tongues, they shall take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. Yes, now this is after, right, Jesus rose from the dead, right? So it's not just talking to his disciples. Of course, you know, Matthew 9 and 10, it talks about he gave the disciples power, right? Right. Or authority to go cast. Okay, now that was a delegated authority at that time for a short time. But now he's saying everyone that believes, these signs shall follow them uh, that believe. In my name, they shall cast out devils. These are, these are the signs that will follow a believer. Right? Now, I'm not saying this that if you don't do any of this, you know, you're going to go to hell. No, we are still going to heaven. But this is the reality of the kingdom of God that Jesus is establishing. Yes. Jesus is saying, now, this is the law. This, this is already declared. It is decreed that if you believe you have this, you will cast out devils. Wow. They shall speak with new tongues. I had a class on that, on speaking in tongues, right? Yes. They shall speak in tongues. The word shall, you know, I think it's one of the most strongest words in English. Shall. It's not optional or, you know, no, it, you shall. So every believer, if you're a believer, if you believe in Jesus Christ, then you believe that you can cast out demons. You can't say that I believe in Jesus Christ, but I don't believe in casting out demons. No, this is part of being in Christ Jesus. That's right. They shall speak in the new tongues. They shall take up serpents. Paul wasn't even a disciple. He was an apostle later on. When the snake bit Paul, in his mind, he's not even doubting anything. He just knows that it's not going to hurt him. That's right. And if they drink any deadly thing, you know, I don't go around trying to drink deadly thing, like, or to prove anything. But I do know in my heart, if I do drink something, it's not going to hurt me. I believe it. Yes. So I, I don't think a lot about, oh, is this water right for me? Is this right? Is that washed? Is this that? No, I try to wash my way, you know, my fruits before I eat. But if I forgot, I don't freak out about it. I believe this is the way God wants me to walk. And it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Now, you might not see an instant healing sometimes, but that's how God wants us to walk in. But they shall recover. See, when you mix this promise with faith, then it starts profiting us or profiting the people that we are praying for, right? But if there is no mixing, then there is no profit. And if you look at verse 20, Simon, you want to read verse 20? And they went forth and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming the word with signs following. Yeah, and they went forth. See, when you look at the New Testament, every time there's a preaching, whether Jesus preached, there was always some kind of a healing. Because Jesus came to demonstrate the kingdom of God, not just forgiveness of sins. He came to demonstrate 
to the world his agenda right just like you know when donald trump or uh, biden wherever you know before the election they always present the agenda right. if i'm elected this is how my, i'm going to rule this is what's going to happen to america this is your benefit this is you know i'm going to get rid of that and and when jesus came he presented the agenda of the kingdom of god yes and he told the disciples go into that village go into the city preach that the kingdom of god is at hand the disciples didn't even know what he was talking about the kingdom of god they thought jesus came to you know get get rid of the romans and give them back their country you know or their nation but jesus he was not talking about the romans he was talking about okay look and what was the sign how did they know the kingdom of god is at hand by healing the sick casting out demons right right so jesus set that standard for us and said look this is how you my children are going to live you're going to represent me on the earth he is seated but we are the ambassadors and we promote the agenda of jesus christ that's the one that we were talking about we are predestined to be conformed to the image or the representation of what jesus did on the earth and for thousands of years simon the gospel the true gospel was hid right that's right the catholic church totally hid the word of god from giving it to the normal people and for you know for many 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 years but in the end time god is opening it up amen and he's showing us this is how we're going to walk and not just one or two or three all of us god it's god's plan for every child of god to walk in it that's why we all have the same holy spirit that's why we all have the same power that's why we all have the same inheritance it's for a purpose the light is always on with nightlight melvin i just noticed in mark 16:19 that the very last words that jesus spoke while on earth before he ascended into heaven was about praying for people to be healed they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover i never noticed that before those were his very last words no that's so true sir that's so true i mean that's amazing that you caught that part right and in verse 20 it says they went forth and preached everywhere the lord working with them now the word them there if you really look it up in uh, you know in the greek it's in uh, brackets in the sense that it was added it should actually read that the lord working with and confirming the word with signs following so god was not confirming the disciples he was confirming the word that was being preached about the kingdom and so that is what it is when we preach the kingdom word the word right right and that word god is going to confirm the word right what if we preach something else then god is not going to confirm that So people say oh no that was only for for the disciples no Jesus said to them that believe right in verse 15 and 16 Simon I didn't want to read it because we already know it but there's a point right there and he said unto them go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved but he that believeth not shall be damned and these signs shall follow right so the preaching right go and preach the gospel the word gospel paul clarified that paul said the gospel is the power of god to everyone that believeth it is the power of god to everyone that believeth right so 
every time we preach the gospel, there is the power. But if we just go down to the level where we say, okay, preaching the gospel means getting someone uh, to receive Jesus Christ. No, there is a power Yes. with us at that time. And so if somebody is not believing, they will always, that's what Jesus said, if you don't believe my word, believe me for the works that I do. So that we, they work together, hand in hand. But a lot of times we get people saved and then we leave them, you know, on the same level that we are in. Right. Instead of raising them up to, you know, letting them know they're new creatures, they're a new species. They have this power, they have everything that they need to walk in this world where the God of this world has blinded the eyes of them, they don't believe. So on the earth, we are walking as new creatures, the new creatures where the reality is a different reality than the people. Like say, for example, we have the law of gravity that says if we fall from a roof, we're going to hit the ground. That's, that's a law of gravity. It works everywhere, anytime. And doesn't matter whether scientist jumps out on, you know, from a roof or an ignorant guy right. jumps, they all fall. It's a, it's a law established by God 2,000 years ago, not 2,000, 6,000 years ago. But when Jesus came 2,000 years ago, he said, look, that's a physical reality. But in the kingdom of God, there is another reality that supersedes the reality of the physical world. So Jesus walked in both realities. Yes. You know, he climbed the mountain, he walked on the dusty roads, he ate. But when he had to walk on water, the law of the kingdom of God superseded the law of physics. That's right. And he walked on water. He multiplied food. He cursed, a, you know, he talked to a fig tree. And, and next day, Peter was so excited that Peter was saying, Jesus, look what happened. And, you know, Jesus was not even surprised. He said, Peter, have faith in God, you know, God kind of faith. And he said, if you look at the mountain, this mountain, and if you tell the mountain to see, he was giving us a different set of laws. That's right. That's going to govern every child of God. He said, if you speak to the mountain and be removed and be cast into the sea, if you don't doubt, if you believe in your heart, it shall obey you. That is who we are, Simon. We, we are from a different reality. Wow. But as long as we think, oh, we are humans, we are nobody, we are just this, we are that. Thank God he saved me. One day I'm going to go to heaven. And that's the only reality we're going to experience. But when we move into what God has supplied through Jesus Christ, we are conformed to that image, to that reality. Yes. Jesus said, let thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. He wasn't talking about when in the millennium, Yes, of course, at that time, it's going to be done. But that will Jesus did on the earth, he proved it. Any, anyone that was oppressed of the devil, he healed him, irrespective of their sins or whatever. See, he, whatever is in heaven, Jesus accomplished it on earth. And he showed us, this is what we need to do. Inspiring you to draw closer to God. You're listening to Nightlight. Let's go to Acts chapter 10, verse 38. Acts 10, 38 says, How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. Okay, so God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost with power. Now, did God 
give us the same Holy Ghost. Yes. The Holy Ghost is the anointing. Every healing that ever occurred is through the Holy Ghost. Jesus said, the works that I do, it's not I that doeth, but the Father in me that doeth it. That's the Holy Ghost. Who went about doing good. See, the word good here is directly related to healing all that were oppressed of the devil. Right. It's not just talking about good works in the sense of helping the poor or building, uh, you know, I did a lot of that too as a missionary uh, in different places. Okay, we, we, we need to do that, but that's not just it. It says he went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil for God was with him. And in Isaiah 61, that's what exactly what Jesus read when he was in the synagogue. He said, God has anointed me, right? Right. To bring sight to the blind, to set the captives free, to raise the dead, to heal the sick. See, that anointing Jesus fulfilled. We have that same anointing and that same commission. So before Jesus went up uh, to heaven to be seated, he, he gave us the same commission. And he's not going to ask us to heal somebody if he's not going to give us the power to do that. That's right. It's the same power for God was with him. Is God with us? Yeah. So here it explained very clearly, right? Right. Going about doing good is part of a calling, and that good is also part of healing all that were oppressed of the devil. So here that the healing is directly connected as an oppression from Satan, right? Whether it is a mental demon position or sickness that is in your body. So we are commissioned to heal the sick to lay hands on the sick. So that is already our calling. Now, is God with us like he was with Jesus? Yes. We just read that in Mark. God was confirming the word with the disciples when they were preaching. We, it's the same thing for us. So wherever there's an oppression of the kingdom of darkness, whether it's in people's lives or whatever, we are there to release or to get the person out of that oppression. See, when I'm sick, I'm oppressed. I don't feel good. I, you know, I get cranky. You waste a lot of money getting medication. There's an oppression on us. And Jesus paid for the oppression. Right. Through his body. And then he gave us the power to deliver anyone that is oppressed of the devil, irrespective of whether they are good or bad or they're sinful or they're, they're a Christian or not. Because everyone that Jesus healed was, never, was not a Christian when he was on the earth. So we have this, this anointing, we have this power, we have the same God, we have the same Holy Spirit, we have the same calling. But the thing is, we shy away from that side, and we, we don't think about it, we don't meditate on it. Almost half of my time uh, studying the Word of God, I'm, I'm studying on, on healing or on power or on how to manifest wow. it. Because I know right now, you know, the natural world and Christians, they are almost coexisting together. But sooner or later, there's going to be a big drift between these two. And then we need to walk as ambassadors of God, as people that are able to free others from the oppression of Satan. But as long as we, we count the sickness as something from God, Oh, God gave me the sickness to teach me a you know, lesson. God gave me this. God gave me... As long as we think along those lines, we will never walk in power. Or we are not going to lay hands on the sick because we think, oh, God is teaching that guy a lesson. Why should we get, you know... See, so we just walk in the lowest Christian level that 
we can walk in. It's sad. Now, I'm not trying to put anybody down or myself down, but we got to look at what Jesus came for us to have. It's greater than all the things that we've been thinking. It is so powerful. Wow. Can you imagine if we all walk on the earth as Jesus walked? Man, we can get rid of COVID-19 in no time. Right. But we are all, you know, most Christians are hovering back in fear that they, they're going to catch it. They're going to die. They, you know, well, I, I have to take double shot right now because, no, no, God has already done all of that for our own healing as well as for us to be able to, you know, minister healing to others. That's right. Now I understand in the beginning, you know, our carnal mind goes against it and it, we start doubting. But as you step out, as you start laying hands on the sick, uh, instead of worrying about, oh, what is the result going to be? What will people think about me? No, the Bible says you need to have boldness. Peter and John, they asked God when they saw the Jews were persecuting them. He said, God, give us boldness to preach the gospel. So sometimes, you know, me, you and me, I'm kind of shy or I'm not, you know, I'm doubting what will people think. Then I have to ask God to give me the boldness. I already have the boldness because the Bible says the righteous are as bold as lion. It's a promise. Are we righteous? Yes, we have the righteousness of God. We are righteous, so we are supposed to be bold and no fear or not to be timid. That's right. Because we think about the result, what if the result doesn't work? What if that person, no, don't worry about what if that doesn't work. Our job is to lay hands on the sick and pray for them and God will confirm it through, the more we do it, we are overriding a carnal mind and now everything starts to become a possibility. Amen. And the reality of that is that all things are possible to him that believeth. So this is the belief Simon is given to us as Christians. Yes. Nothing less. We are to be conformed to that image. And in the spirit, we are conformed to that image. Now, in the soulish realm or in the physical realm, we can walk in it. Every child of God, every Christian can walk in it. But there are teachers and pastors and TV evangelists all like, oh yeah, you know, this person is anointed, that person is not anointed. Right? No, we are all anointed. That's right. Now, people, you know, talks about the gifts of the Spirit. So people think, oh, I'm not gifted. No, the Corinthian church, Corinthian's church was one of the churches that was living in a lot of sin, carnal-minded. And Paul talked and said, look, you can pray for gifts that even though you're carnally-minded, you can get a gift from God, whether it's either to prophesy or to heal. You can do that also. Yes. But as you study the Word of God and you mix the Word of God with what God has given us, this power is for all who believe. Amen. So even if you don't have a special gift, you can walk as Jesus walked on the earth. Jesus did not walk in gifts. Jesus walked in the fullness of God. And that fullness is in us. And that's the class that I taught on fullness, how it can manifest. Uh, basically, you know, of course I'm talking on healing, but I'm talking on power uh, in general. Power to cast out demons, power to heal. These things, we are anointed for that. It's already declared, the word of God, when Jesus said in Mark 16, it is declared, it is, it is settled in heaven forever. Amen. God is not going to take it back. He's not going to change it. It's declared, this is the reality of a child of God. That's what Jesus was saying. He was not expecting us to do something in our own strength without him giving us the power. That's right. He gave it to us. It's inside of us. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead, the same spirit dwells in us. Wow. 
And Paul talked about it. He said, you know, I want to know the power of his resurrection. See, it's the power that we, we, we just read in 2 Timothy 1.7. It's the same power we read in Ephesians chapter 1. It's the same power throughout the whole New Testament. And unlike the prophets of old, New Testament, everybody gets a, the same Holy Spirit, the same power. Isn't that wonderful, right? <laughs> yes, praise God. We don't have to earn it. We don't have to work for it. All we have to do is to take the Word of God, meditate on it, and we persuade it, this is for me for today. Once you start understanding that, then you will want this power, not, you know, I know in my heart, I don't want this power to be on TV or to show off myself in any way. I don't have the desire. My desire is that I want to help people. Yes. I want to set the oppressed free, right? Oppressed by the devil. I want, I want to go to war against the kingdom of darkness. And everywhere the darkness is present, we can bring light. And that light comes through our faith in what God has created us to be. Right, Seven? <laughs> Praise God. And that's why in John 14, 12, he said, He that believeth on me, the works that I do, right, he shall do also, and greater works than these he shall do, because I go to my Father. And Jesus went to the Father, and he, and he gave us that power. Right. He that believeth on me, the works that I do, shall he do also. And greater works. Right? Right. So that is a statement, that is the word of God. Jesus said, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. So that power is given to us, and he declared it. It's settled in heaven forever. But we are the ones who don't believe that. Just like the Jews that came out of Egypt, they didn't mix it with promise. They didn't believe it. They saw the natural circumstances, natural world, and the reality of the natural world, the giants and the walled cities, and said, no, 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 no. God brought us here to kill us. That's the same thing we are doing as Christians. Oh, that power is not for me. Even though clearly Jesus declared it for the believer and the Holy Spirit brought it to us. But through faith, it's going to manifest. It's nightlight. What a delight. Melvin, recently I've been watching on YouTube some documentaries about some of the great revivals of the past, particularly the great Welsh revival of 1904 and 1905 and the Azusa Street revival in the US in 1906 and 7. I'd heard of these revivals, but I had no idea of the magnitude of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit and the literally thousands of awesome miracles that took place, often hundreds in a single day. I mean, there were blind people growing eyes again or new limbs growing out on maimed people in front of astonished witnesses. In these revivals, many thousands of blind and deaf and crippled people were healed. Cancers and every other kind of sickness were healed. People came from all over the world to witness the Azusa Street Revival, which lasted three years. And just like on the day of Pentecost, many even heard the gospel being preached to them in their own language. These revivals were usually sparked by one or two or three people who desperately prayed for revival, sometimes for a long time. And they formed a little prayer group that met in one of their houses. And then suddenly the Holy Spirit 
took over, miracles started happening, and more and more people started coming, and then it just exploded into a mighty move of the Spirit with thousands coming every day and the meetings going on pretty much 24 hours a day. Everybody praying for everybody, miracles happening left, right, and center. People will get healed even without asking for prayer just by being there. There was such a heavy anointing and presence of the Spirit of God there. Listeners, if you search on YouTube for the Welsh Revival, I recommend you watch that one first because it was the Welsh Revival that preceded the Azusa Street Revival and then the Korean Revival, and these sparked a number of other great revivals in different parts of the world. And when you start watching one, then you'll see documentaries about the others recommended to you by YouTube. And I'm sure that you will be as inspired and have your faith strengthened for healing and for any other kind of miracles. One thing I thought about, Melvin, is that these supernatural outpourings of the Spirit are different to the inherent power that every believer has that you were talking about. This is a mighty moving of the Holy Spirit that the Lord sends for a certain time and at a certain place. So I think there's a distinction, right, between the spiritual gifts, including healing, that we inherit when we receive Jesus and receive the Holy Spirit, and these powerful outpourings of the Holy Spirit, which God sends down upon the world from time to time, and which nobody has anything to do with. People just get swept up in it, like they're in a spiritual whirlwind. Anyway, I believe that hearing the stories from these great revivals can give people the faith that mighty healing miracles can happen again, not just as we use our God-given authority to pray for the healing of others, as you are teaching us, but also we can look forward to the final great revival and outpouring of the Holy Spirit, as prophesied by Joel and many other prophets, both ancient and modern, that will sweep the whole world and last all the way up to the second coming of Jesus Christ. So I'm excited, Melvin. I feel that we're just on the cusp of that, and it's about to happen. I know a pastor here in Dallas that I met personally. He, you know, he goes around the world praying, and everyone that he prays for gets healed. Now, every kind. Now, he prayed for a girl, lady that came up to him with a back back pain. He didn't know anything. He doesn't ask them for anything. He just, you know, his prayers are like it takes thirty seconds. Uh, he just said, in the name of Jesus, back be healed, and he moved on to other people. Now, this lady, she had one pound of uh, metal in, his back, in her back to hold her spine straight, right? Uh, one pound of it. That night when you, she went to sleep, that when she woke up in the morning, all those uh, nuts and bolts and the metal was on her bed. And her skin was complete. There was no scar, nothing. They took it to the doctor, and the doctor certified that that was inside her, that he had put it there. Because this pastor, he's, you know, he just prays for people on a daily basis. And uh, so the thing is, yes, it, it, there is a big movement also that happens with a mass outpouring of the Holy Spirit through somebody. And then there's also the daily walk, right? <laughs> The daily walk of a child of God 
and that is going to even though it's not going to be probably not going to be a big event but people are getting healed every day by simple christians uh, just believing that god is the one that heals and lays hands on it right and so that is what god is leading us to simon of course there's going to be you know my brother in india is the same right he he lays hands on hands on people they get healed and he he walks in that uh, you know in that uh, authority and all of that but i believe with all of my heart that every one of us in the end time we're going to rise up if we believe if we have the faith we're going to start rising up and the area that we live in we're going to see more and more miracles among the people through healing and deliverance and all of that right yeah i mean there's an awakening coming a lot of you know people who call themselves prophets here in the states they are prophesying there's going to be a great awakening they call it the third great awakening right and it's going to come to pass but for me i personally have to ask myself lord how do i walk in it right <laughs> because i i'm coming across people that are sick people call me or you know whatever and i am the one that god has put in that place to represent him right and just like if somebody wants to get saved i want hold back right i would lead them to christ same thing with healing if somebody needs healing we can't hold back we give it you know whatever the need is God has made it capable that word power sometimes is translated as ability right he's made us able to do whatever it takes so i hope uh, simon the two classes on healing we can start receiving and at the same time also giving it out right but of course you know we got to we got to be persuaded that it is for us if you are not persuaded then we will never walk in it right Yeah if anybody has any questions along those lines you can always Simon puts my email there you can always write uh, we can go over it but uh, guys just believe right when the people asked Jesus how do we work the work of God and Jesus reply was to believe on him that he sent right so it always comes back to believe just believe that we are created in his image believe that as he is so are we in this world we are that express image of christ and god works through us and when we believe that you can see opportunities open up simon where you will you will be able to start experiencing that reality you know over all the oppression of the devil like a candle in the night it's night light So that's it for this week. Thanks again, Melvin. And people, please don't forget to listen to Melvin's class from the beginning of 2020. That's show 211, Faith for Your Own Healing. It will strengthen your faith for your own good health during this worldwide ongoing health crisis. It's not one that you'll want to miss. God bless you. And let's go out with a song from Jerry Asmus. Bye for now. and paralyzed criticized internalized and ostracized harmonized revitalized immortalized horrified terrified and nullified brushed aside vilified and mortified 
justified, sanctified, and glorified. One touch from an awesome God, one word and a life is changed. One wave of His mighty hand breaks apart those chains. And running scared In despair a puff of air There's no one there Brought to bear you say a prayer He meets you there One touch From an awesome God One word And a life is changed One wave Of his mighty hand Breaks apart Those chains Life is